Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 428, recorded live on September 5th, 2015. And here are your hosts, the man currently residing in a hotel room, Andy Lowe. Hi. And the couple currently residing in their house, Brian Beth Lindsley. Hello. Thank you for joint one this time. Yes, thank you for recording with me because I'm all alone in my hotel room and I'm bored. You could have gone with Kate and watched her nails get did. He could have gotten a manicure himself. That's pretty nice being pampered. I I do have to say, I actually have gotten a mani penny done before, so. And it was worth it, wasn't it? Well, it got rid of my uh, hanging toenail from running, so. That was something. Yes, I lost a toenail due to running, and it fell off while I was getting my mani petty done. So, yeah. Uh, was the um, I don't know the technical ner- the technical name for the person, like the cosmetologist or whatever, the person who was doing the mani petty. Were they freaked out, or were they like, "Oh, it happens"? Well, we were discussing how I was a runner earlier in the the thing there because Kate was with me at the time. So she was doing both of us. She was kind of alternating back and forth between the two. So we were discussing my running at one point, and I had talked about how the, the toenails seemed loose. And so I had my feet in the, the little bath to soak, to, to soften everything up. And while I was in there, I uh, she went to go like look at it, and I was looking at it, and it kind of just came off in my hand. And I'm like, oh, that's my toenail. Hmm. Oh, the crazy things you runners have to go through. Yes, but I'm going through none of that this weekend, so I'm a happy camper. Is this weekend a weekend off of me? I'm making it a weekend off is what it is. Always good to take a break. Very true. Get a chance to relax and recover. But yeah, no, I would have to go running, and then I'd have to change and get over to the, uh, for the wedding tomorrow, and that just would not have worked schedule-wise. It's part of the problem is the fact that, you know, I, I only have a finite number of hours in the day, and I have to go to work in the morning, and so it's kind of like I have to try and fit it in by the time the sun rises, but before I have to be at work around 8.30 or so. And that's just getting closer and closer, stupid winter and lack of sunlight. I can't even imagine how early you'd have to get up to go running. Well, it's getting later and later. Like, I think the sunrise today was around 6.55, I think. So you don't run in the at nighttime at all? No, I do all my running in the morning before work. And actually, the sun rose today in Kalamazoo at 7.12. Ah, winter is coming. Brace yourselves. I was hoping that's where you're going with that one. Otherwise, I'm just going to start spouting references randomly. No, that was where I was going. Good, because sometimes I spout the reference and then people look at me weird and I'm just like, just move on. It's their fault for not knowing the reference. Yes, damn them for their lack of pop cultural knowledge. So, shall we get into the topics? We have quite a list. We have 20 topics. I think this is a record for a non year in review episode and i could have gotten more but i thought we should stop (laughs) wait you could have gotten more what what else happened this week oh tons of stuff always happens every week you just need to know where to look well you have to let me know because sometimes when i get the list here i'm just like i'm just scrapping to try and get 13 on the list but this one was just oh there's this and there's this and then there's this and i would say that a couple of the links actually fit well together in terms of a continued conversation so there might be two links that are listed separately but overall they could be one topic i agree with that so where do you want to start on the list at the top and move down Sure. Well, we can start at the top and then see where that takes us. That sounds good. So I do not watch Jimmy Kimmel, so I had no idea that this was really a thing that was going on at the time. I only know about it because the internet was like, dude, look at how stupid he is. It's funny because I, as a point, don't watch Jimmy Kimmel because I don't like him. I think he's a jerk. And this bears out. What I did notice was that... um, In one of the articles talking about this, somebody pointed out that he's a troll. And in his career, he has been a troll for a long time. And so people who are feeding into it by leaving the comments and whatnot, they're just feeding the troll. And all he cares about is viewership. So the more times he gets his name out there, the better for him it is. Exactly. 
Which is why I thought that this move by him was kind of interesting. He tried to make peace with the YouTube community um, just a couple of days ago. Did, did he really try to make peace? Because it feels like to me he was just trying to do this as a stick for the show. Possibly. I mean, like, the, he went on to the, the show with two YouTubers who tried to treat him very nicely and show him why people enjoy watching other people play games. Which... He could have totally continued with his normal, I'm going to monologue at the beginning of my episode or whatever and just continue to read people's comments towards me. Yeah, but in the video, he literally so walks is that in the with... Same as, uh, Go ahead, Beth. Oh, I was just saying, is not is that the same as what we've got in the link here? Because, and I think Andy was going towards this, I think he'd been still being a little bit of an asshole or a jerk oh he's definitely an asshole i mean because he he walks in with the power glove and the zapper from the nintendo on him and i'm just like "Mm, you're trying too hard on this one that's just for a comedic effect i agree it was not very well thought out. Now, I do have to say that I'm actually somewhat enjoying some of these Let's Play videos. I know I was against them a bit, but then I actually, Dave got me to watch one of the speedrun videos somehow. It actually wasn't that bad. Oh, I love watching speedrun games. They're just so crazy with what they do, especially if I play the game normally. So I kind of have a feel for what kind of skill they, they're going for. Well, yeah, the one I watched was uh, Half-Life 2 Episode 2. And I'm sitting there going like, you just skipped an entire level. How the hell did you do that? Yeah. He's like, oh, no, I, I'm not going to take the car. The car is too slow. And I'm like, wait, how's how's the car too? Oh, my God. Why? How are you doing that? And then during the video, he's explaining the entire time going, OK, yeah. So Valve tried to do this to break the speedrunners, but then the speedrunners found this instead. There's always a, a fun uh, breaking of previous conventions whenever you watch a speedrun, or if you watch them year after year, you're like, oh, that's a new trick. So the question I have is, do you think these Let's Play videos are a fad, or do you think they're actually going to... Because I, I can see the, like, the Let's Play stuff going along the same lines as eSports, because they're basically the same thing. Yeah, I don't think it's a fad at all. I think it, it ties very similarly to everything else that we end up watching. Like, um, movies are technically plays uh, that have been filmed. There's a little bit more to it oftentimes, but like almost everything that we end up consuming on like TV is in some way related to Let's Plays. For example, sports are a Let's Play of people running outside and doing things. Let's play actual sports. So his argument of why would you want to watch somebody else do it when you could do it yourself doesn't always ring true. I agree with the majority of what you said. Go ahead, Andy. Well, I was just wondering, Beth, is do you partake of any of these Let's Play things or are you outside of this area? I don't seek it out on my own. That's Mostly because when I get home, I'm not on the computer terribly much. Um, but if Brian is watching a Let's Play and if it's uh, amusing or if it's something that is interesting to me, I'll put down my book and observe it as well. But I, I'm not the primary audience for it. Just like I'd argue that I'm not the primary audience for a sports uh, broadcast. Very true. Very, very true. This could lead us to our... Uh... Uh, watching of things we could go with the netflix and amazon uh streaming of content yes so amazon prime so lets amazon, you download things is this what i'm reading here correctly that is correct they are now allowing you allowing you to download your content and watch it watch it offline probably still through their app but it would allow for you to uh, go to places where there, you can't stream because you don't have internet like um some train rides at some areas you won't have enough internet to stream properly so you could watch your shows stay up to date if you just pre-download uh, and cache it. Now, is this th- – th- okay, so my, my one problem with this is the fact that I use Amazon Prime through our DVD player because it's got the, the Amazon app built into it. I don't think I can do that with the DVD player. Does this have to run through the app? I don't know. I haven't taken that strong of a look at it. But if you're doing it through your DVD player, aren't you most likely still going to be connected to your house internet? Yes, but as we know, my internet speed is not the fastest. And so there have been multiple times where the video will start to play and then we'll get to a certain point and then the buffer will run out and then it will reload the video at a lower quality. But then sometimes we'll accidentally reload the video at a lower quality back at the beginning. 
And it seems like the more we watch, the more this happens. It's, it's, ugh. So it's one of those things, if I'm able to tell it, hey, yes, we'd like to watch the fourth season of MacGyver. Can you pre-download all of this and just store it somewhere? That'd be great. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it might be something that they're hoping to, to roll out slowly because I don't personally see it when I go on to uh, Amazon Prime right now. And the article really didn't have all that much information besides announcement. But on the flip side, it looks like there's another company that's hoping to do something similar for Netflix. Yes, they're calling it... Uh, what are they calling it? Hold on, I need to go through the list to figure out where this... Oh, there it is, Netflix. They're calling it Night Shift. So the idea is that uh, they're there are satellite subscribers that uh, have pretty low data restrictions, like 10 gigabytes to 25 gigabytes, which if you're streaming a lot of videos, that could be burned up pretty quickly. So um, with the satellite providers, there are times where they allow unmetered usage. So you can actually uh, not get charged against your monthly data cap between either midnight to 5 or 3 to 8 a.m. And so what this will do is actually download, well, it will stream all of the, the Netflix stuff to there and then just store it locally on a box. Which is exactly what you'd want for your DVR. Yes, yes. I, ooh. Kate just arrived with a Benny's bag, uh, pretzel. Nice. Very nice. Sorry, I just had to take a bite of it because it's a Benny's pretzel. So what I find interesting about this unmetered usage is it reminds me a lot of when cell phones were first coming out. And if you had certain plans, they were like unlimited nighttime minutes. So I thought that that was an interesting parallel to the, to the technology. And I wonder in 20 years if this metered usage stuff will be like, really, guys, you had to deal with that. Speaking of uh, data caps, though, it looks like Comcast is now trying to make it so that so Comcast has a uh, 300 gigabyte monthly usage limit um, for regular cable. It looks like they're trying in some places like Florida to charge certain people $30 more a month so that they can have unlimited usage for that month. It's a cool step, I suppose. Um, unfortunate that it's being, looks like it's just being piloted in Florida right now. I kind of agree. I, I mean, I kind of feel like if they're just charging people more to get unlimited, then why can't they just do unlimited as the default? It doesn't seem like it's it's a reason. It's the reason behind it doesn't seem to be a technical problem, but like a, we want to make more money problem. I was wondering about that. Truly, what are the costs involved for more usage? Um, but I don't know enough about it to be able to speak to it. Do we still have Andy? I, I hope so. I don't know. Hey, can you guys let me know when you hear this? We hear it. Well, okay. So there was like a big delay going on there for a second. Gotcha. Gotcha. I always find it funny that there's really technical problems every single time we bring up some sort of internet ISP sort of topic. They're listening. But yeah, no, the, the Comcast data cap is entirely a business idea. It's not a technical thing. We've talked about this more times than I can even remember. But then just saying, okay, so if we have this data cap, well, if you don't want the data cap, here's an, pay an extra 30 bucks, and then there won't be a data cap. It makes it ridiculous. For they, to get, they give you unlimited, then they pull it back and say, well, if you still want unlimited, you can pay just you know a little bit more and then get the unlimited back again. Ah, uh, the practices of monopolies. And it's worth noting, it's $30 a month over a year. That's quite a bit. Oh, yeah. I am not looking forward to having to find a new ISP. Granted, I really do not like our current ISP, but since they own the building, we're kind of um, stuck with it. Are you moving to a different place? Is that where you're getting a new ISP? At some point, yes. Gotcha. Okay, so here's the here's the kicker also. Customers enrolled in the unlimited data option, so paying the extra 30 bucks a month, who use less than 300 gigabytes, so using less than the actual regular data cap, will still be charged $30 for that month. Yeah, it's it seems to me like instead of it being a, uh, a fee, it's more like, a, I'm going to upgrade to this package kind of bullshit. Why can't people be like Google and just charge you for the data that you use? Because then they wouldn't make as much money. I'm sure their profits are through the roof. Yes, yes, they are. So speaking of downloading, uh, Metal Gear 5 came out on the PC recently. And if you bought the actual physical disc in a store and put it in your computer, what's on that disc is just a downloader for the game. <laughs> oh, sorry, it's not even just a download for the game. It's an 8.7 megabyte 
file that's a Steam installer. So you install Steam, and then Steam downloads the game. All 28 gigabytes of it. Why did they even bother with the CD? I, I, I don't know. It's literally, so you're going to have a CD. Just And the only thing on that CD is 8.7 megabytes. You just give, give them like a little SD card or something. Give them like two floppy disks. Not that anybody can use it, but seriously. like, So I'm surprised they just didn't do what they do with um, other online games, like League of Legends or all those other ones where you, you can buy prepaid cards, then you can use those in the game. It's the exact same thing, except you're wasting money printing on a CD. I'm assuming it's a CD. It could be a DVD. That would be even worse. God, you wasting an entire DVD or, for an 8.7 megabyte file. That would just be ridiculous. Or a Blu-ray. Oh, God, even worse. So the kicker is the fact that if you bought it for the console, the console could preload the game days before the release. So just like that night shift is you would download the game while you're not using it and then on the first day of it playing you could actually play it rather than buying it on the CD and having to wait for a 28 gigabyte download. Oh jeez. I'm really surprised that they didn't have the the ability to pre-download it through Steam because a lot of big games do. No, that, that is true. There are a lot of big games that do let you download ahead of time. But still, that is... It's still kind of really ridiculous. Yeah, this is super ridiculous. Speaking of downloading games and codes, it looks like Amazon's opening up a Nintendo digital storefront. That is correct. You, too, could spend your Amazon gift card and buy Nintendo stuff. Hooray! And it looks like it's literally just you get a code that you'd have to put into your Wii or your three six or 3DS or any of those, and then you would download it like normal. So, Yay! Well, okay, so you, you purchase your Nintendo digital content at Amazon, then you link your Amazon account to your Nintendo network account, and then it automatically populates, and then you click redeem, and it automatically downloads. So you don't even have to worry about a code, but you, you have to link your Amazon account with your Nintendo account for it to work. Huh. So other gaming news, Apple TV is getting into gaming. I'm really not sure what this even means because it's not like so the Ap- Apple TVs can play games. Well, the idea is so the Apple TV is kind of like your your Chromecast, your Roku box, that sort of thing. It connects the internet to your television. So the new idea is the Apple TV will come bundled with a microphone equipped and motion sensing remote control, so you could use tilt controlled racing games and that sort of stuff there. But it will also support console style Bluetooth controllers. So you could connect your Bluetooth-connected retro Nintendo NES controller and play NES games through your Apple TV onto your television. So basically, it's going to be used as a way to play your iPad, iPhone, or iPod Touch games onto your big screen. Pretty much, yes. Gotcha. So if you really want that Apple connection, if you live in a Mac universe, then this would be your way of doing that. If not, it... it... Yeah, this is probably just going to be an aside during the event on the 9th because the new iPhone 6S and the iPhone 6S Plus are going to be announced and they're going to get all the news. But we talk about gaming and so this is Apple trying to do gaming. I woo. I, I really wish that Apple would put more support into their gaming ideas, but, you know, whatever. I don't know. Does Apple really need to get into gaming outside of the iPhone? I know. Which they don't even... Go ahead. Which they're not even part of. It's all the developers who are actually making the apps for the... <laughs> they're making the killer apps for the iPhone. It's not Apple itself doing it. Right. Um, the only thing that comes to mind is the fact that people who own a uh, Mac laptop can't play a lot of the new stuff that will be coming out. And if they do want to play some of the older stuff, they typically will have to get a Windows OS paralleled onto their computer and then run Steam. So it's it's something that I think if Apple put just a little effort into, could pay dividends. It would get more people to switch over to Macs uh, because they wouldn't have to deal with that hassle. Beth, you have an Android phone, right? Yep. Yeah, I can think of only my, I can only think of a handful of people I know who have iPhones, and it's just like, uh, I, I don't know. So my entire family, besides me and Beth, have iPhones. Um, and Beth was actually thinking of switching to an iPhone on her new new phone that she just got, um, but we kind of just ran out of time to exchange the phone. Well, I was worried about security, especially because I um, do sometimes access sensitive stuff 
via my work email. Um, and so I was thinking maybe I should be switching to iPhone because uh, there tends to be not as much security concern stuff being shared out. But then I also, we did run out of time, but there were other things that were happening too. The fact that there's a major security flaw in jailbroken iPhones? Well, Beth probably wouldn't ever jailbreak her phones. Yeah, I, I would not. But yeah, no, that whole stage fright thing, that was that was disturbing is how quickly that one spread. Yep. Yeah. So speaking of Android, we could go over to uh, Google and it's brand spanking new logo. Yeah. Definitely. I loved the critiques where there were, you know, people like, I love it. And then there were people like, oh my gosh, this is just like rehashed last 50 years of, of graphic design, whatever. The only thing that I did agree strongly with is that that E with its little tilted bar does drive me crazy compared to the nice smooth roundness of every other letter. Well, so that E hasn't changed since 2000. Really? Has it not changed all the time? Well, it's been angled like that since uh, 2000, 1999. Right, right. but the other uh, letters had serifs. So that it wasn't completely off kilter. Yeah, the serifs add a bit of a, a waviness and a roundness to everything. This, oh god, I hate sans serif fonts. So what you're saying, hun, is that you would prefer that the E be, instead of tilted up, it would just be centered? I'm trying to get an idea of your critique. I'm trying to figure out how to say it without using hand gestures for people to understand it. The bar of the E should be perfectly horizontal. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly what I was trying to say. Yeah, because the, the G line is completely horizontal, and so everything seems to be, like, in that line. Yes. And then you hit the E, and then all of a sudden it's just, like, a, it's a little twist, and you're like, oh, good. Oh. It's funny, because when you look at the old icons, the G and the E never mixed together like that either way. I personally think that one of the main reasons why they decided to go with this is because you can make that logo in literally uh, 305 bytes as opposed to several megabytes. Yeah, that was a bit of a surprise. It was like, really, it takes you that much data? Well, if you think about that, how many times does Google have to load that icon? Every single time somebody opens up Google, it's just they're probably burning through data just for that it's it's funny even on the um some of the low bandwidth stuff there they don't even actually do the logo they try and do a uh, text uh version of it so it's not a logo but it's actual just like text right and so switching to this will allow them to not only not have to worry about scaling the picture up and down because it is literally vector graphics but it also will allow them to save tons of bandwidth and that's only going to be beneficial going forward when you're when you're trying to get like third world to come in onto it with their low bandwidth so optimizing is not a bad thing. No, yeah, 305 bytes. That one is, that's that's good is what that is. Okay, so now I'm looking actually at the old logos. And the old logo, I think what worked is the fact that the horizontal part of the G was kind of lower than the O's and the G, the top of the O's and the top of the G. And so it didn't feel like that was more of a line. And then if you look at the horizontal part of the G, it lines up with the bottom tilt of the E. So I feel like that kind of gives it more of a, a flow there rather than a, a twist. But, but to be completely honest, in like a year, we're not going to even notice. Well, I don't even notice half the time because of all the Google doodles that show up. That's true. But if you look at the evolution of it, Bri, there was actually a time when the E was a straight horizontal bar. Yeah, I was looking at that, and that is true. But they switched over to the tilted one around 2000. But you know what this means is Google knows that the world is going mobile. Is, is that, does that think, that, that is that a true statement? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yes. Because this redesign is literally for small screens and low bandwidth, which is mobile devices. So it's just like, oh, Google is saying, yep, here's the future. Get used to it. So what's interesting in the video that's on that first article um, is at uh, 1 minute 50 seconds in, it's got the Google logo with the E horizontal. And then they have this little ant that comes in and twists the E up. And so it's like, oh, I think Beth would like it at that point. Where is that in this video? Uh, 1 minute 50 seconds, right near the end. Yeah, if they just take that horizontal E and then they extend the bottom hook of it a little bit farther, that would look great. I don't know if they can extend the bottom hook without changing the uh, logo, the optimization. They might be able to. I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of nitpicking going on for something that most of us don't even pay attention to. 
Yeah. Just oh, this multicolored logos though. Somebody pointed out the fact that like Windows is multicolored, eBay's multicolored, Google's multicolored. It's so many multicolored logos out there now. Eh, it's just a trend. You'll see things move and shift as time goes on. Yeah, we'll see. I I suspect it's intended to try to make these things pop more. And the bright colors will do that. So we'll see how it changes over time. So speaking of the future, Toyota is finally getting into the self-driving cars. I loved that they were looking at this from the perspective of they're going to have diverse audience looking for different levels of autonomy. I really like that. Um, Especially in the article, they were saying that Google has been looking at self-driving cars with like perhaps not even a steering wheel. And Toyota has been very careful to not go down that path. And that makes a lot of sense to me because there are going to be some people who will still want to have control over the vehicle, but it's good to have safeguards on the vehicle for being able to override if the person's not safe to drive with uh, alcohol, for example, or for those drivers who um, would benefit from the uh, self-driving car, being able to buy the same kind of vehicle, but have it suit their needs. That's really cool. So, Oh, yeah. No, like... If if you have if you're disabled like uh, visually impaired people this would be a godsend for them to be able to just get in the car and have them the car just do have the car be the chauffeur but then there are other people who don't either a need to have that complete autonomy or want to have that complete autonomy. I actually thought it was very interesting that it's Toyota that picked up on this and not an American company like GM because the whole um, idea of I want the car so that I can drive it and that I'm in control is it seems to be to be a very American kind of perspective on driving and it's very interesting to me that a Japanese company is the one that's like oh well we've got this range of people having desires let's let's actually plan for that. Do you think Toyota is also doing this because of the massive increase of an aging population over in Asia? It's possible, but I have a feeling that the the large population in Japan, at the very least, tends to use public transportation much more than cars. That is true, and the Japanese public transportation is could rival the uh, the ability of most European. It could beat most European public transportation projects. Yeah, so um, I'm not sure if that's a benefit. For them, but it's definitely if they're looking at the America market and saying we need to tap more of that, I could see them going that route to try to get the Asian American population. Well, they definitely picked the right people to to work with, though, because they're picking MIT and and Stanford, which were the top two people of the last umpteen DARPA challenges when they were doing automobiles. Right. And then they also hired basically the man who ran the robotics challenges. Uh, Dr. Gil Pratt, and it was just like, oh, so you picked the top two teens and the guy who basically created the event to work with you on these things. It's like, you know what you're doing. That's definitely true. So I posted another self-driving car link on here, which is, it's, it's, I I don't want to sound like an alarmist, but it was something that I never actually thought about until recently, because the fact that military use of uh, autonomous vehicles, i.e. drones, is increasing. So the the question is, if the self-driving car becomes more uh, more mainstream, will terrorists and other people who want to cause harm use them as their weaponry as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, but this article about the, the roadmap for a world without drivers seemed to be a very um, investor-heavy look at it. And it didn't really address some of the other social issues that we might have regarding all these people that had jobs. What are they going to do to survive from then on? Because we have a huge automotive uh, trucking industry. Oh, yeah. I was actually reading about that recently. Um Fun fact, I-75 between Detroit and Toledo is the number two commercial, busiest commercial corridor in the country. I did not know that. Me neither. That's interesting. But yeah, no, the amount of people in the transportation industry, once we get autonomous vehicles, it would be, oh man, that's going to be a lot of people. Yes, yes it will. Oh, and that makes me want to watch that Humans Need Not Apply video again, and then the counter videos to it. Oh, CGB Gray. I found this particular article to be really interesting. Um, I wasn't able to get through all of it. I definitely skimmed through parts of it, but it looked it looked pretty good for an analysis of what's coming up. Um, regarding the terrorists, I, I felt like there wasn't even a really good answer on 
how could we try to limit this? It was more along the lines of, well, it'll happen and we'll have to try to fix it. What'll be interesting is to see how much investment these automated cars are going to be uh, doing into anti-hacking measures. Well, that's true, yeah, because we saw with the with the Chrysler thing there, being able to hack in through the the entertainment system to somehow access all of the, basically the essentials of the car. That was surprising. And then thinking if you have nobody there, if you don't have a steering wheel to counteract that, if somebody has complete control and you are literally locked in that box traveling down the road at 70 miles an hour and you have no control whatsoever, that's, that's super freaky. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that's terrifying. Let's move on to a new subject. How about a not-so-terrifying subject? Like the $150 version of the BB- BB-8 from Star Wars. Oh, my God. It's Did you watch the video of it playing with the puppies? We watched the, uh, the intro video. I don't think we saw the one with the puppies. It is an adorable little toy. And I find it very interesting that it's already being marketed before the movie's even close to coming out. Like they're assuming, yeah, people are totally going to love this droid. I, I think they are correct. Though. A lot of people have already said, hey, we love this droid. I just hope that the movie holds up to the, the toy's promise, I guess. But it is cool. And I was looking at the Spiros before they did this BB-8 version and uh, was thinking that the Spiros are pretty cool too. Is BB-8 going to be a character like R2? D2 with a personality. Absolutely. I do have to say though that the, the it's cute and adorable and it's great, but also like the, the the thought process of how do we actually make this work with keeping the thing balanced on top. That part of it is also just nuts. Yep. It's like the act, the science behind it is just amazing as well. So it's like it's cute, it's adorable, and oh my god, this is amazing how this works. Well, I don't think the the head itself is necessarily balanced on the top. I have a feeling it's magnetically placed there, but still having the, the inner workings so that the top stays at the top is not a small feat of engineering. Well, not only that, but the top is also slightly adjustable and turnable as well. So you've also got like uh, basically an X, X and a rotate. Um, X and Z, I think. Yeah, so that's what makes me think that it's magnetic is not only the fact that it can rotate, but when you look at it rotate, it kind of like sticks a little bit and then jumps and then sticks a little bit and jumps. And that's whenever I've played with magnets, that's what I typically get uh, that type of movement. So speaking of Star Wars toys, did you guys get any on Friday or no? No, I'm gonna no. not going to get any toys until I at least see the movie. Truth, I want to make sure that I'm getting characters that I'm actually liking. It is true. It could be adorable. And then you could suddenly find out that BB-8 is some sort of like psychotic killer. And then we're like, oh. That's not likely to happen because it is owned by Disney. But yeah, you, he could be a total jerk. And we'd be like, oh. Oh, my God. Why did I not put down any of the Avengers topics? See, there was more to add. Oh my god, I completely forgot about those. Do you want to try to address them and take out some links? Well, the fact is that um, Marvel movies are now getting separated from Marvel and actually are reporting to Disney, just like uh, Lucasfilms is and... Uh, Pixar. All right. I read an article that was pointing out that it's awfully convenient that there's that there's been leaks about how bad things have been performing just in time for this shift of command. Um, so that was really interesting. Well, what's hilarious is the people actually. Some people in Disney claimed that the Avengers sequel, when it earned you know one point I think eight billion dollars, was actually considered a failure. That's ridiculous to me. What's the industry standard though? Well, they expected the Avengers two to basically. Eat equal or surpass the Avengers, and that didn't happen. But did they make their money back is really all that I would think matters. Unless they're looking for a reason to do a reorg. Right. Oh, I think they've been looking to do a reason for the reorg, because Perlman supposedly has caused major problems, including a lot of people saying that he is the sole reason why there are no black widow um, toys out there well my dislike of them just went up i do know that there's been talk about how disney's trying to keep their um keep their products being like what is going to be the most profitable thing and they're assuming that black widow won't be as profitable as their other princesses blah 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 but it really pisses me off that we don't have equal Black Widow representation. Or just more females in the Avengers as well. Right. Yeah, that's very true too. Well, we've got Scarlet Witch. I don't know how well that's going to work. We've got... We've got Black Widow. Uh, Captain Marvel. 
or Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel. I don't remember which one is actually supposed to be showing up. And then Wasp was introduced in the Ant-Man movie. Yeah, that is true. Wasp as well. Well, she was teased. I mean, I guess we saw her in the past um, and then we saw her... Different Wasp. Uh, the one at the end of the movie is what I was talking about. Yeah, so she was teased. We, she didn't actually have a working suit. And she wasn't officially stepping into the role. That's true. All right, so I looked it up. The production budget supposedly for Avengers: Age of Ultron was two hundred and fifty million. So yeah, I think they made money. So yes, they they did make money, but they were expecting to make more money, and so they deemed it a failure. Which I I it, it was an okay movie. I was like, okay, I've seen. I went to the theaters to watch the Avengers what two three times. Oh really? Well, we only saw it once. Oh yeah, no, I saw the first Avengers a couple of times in movie theaters, and. Uh, Ultron I saw once and I'm like, okay, eh, we might get the DVD, maybe. I don't know. I didn't feel like Ultron was that strong of a movie by itself anyways. Well, also supposedly is the fact that uh, part of this reshuffle was the fact that there was a creative council at Marvel that was also disbanded and they were the ones who were doing most of the problems that Josh Sweden had with um, the Avengers. What kind of problems was he having? Well, they were basically trying to rewrite the script and they were nitpicking and they were just causing a lot of angst with him so much so that as we saw after the movie came out it kind of kind of broke him there is a topic that i definitely want to get to did you have other thoughts about avengers before or no 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 feel free okay so the hawaii and mars topic is super cool i'm really excited about this because it's a long-term one-year study to see how these people are going to be dealing with working together in close quarters. If they step out of the dome, they have to be wearing spacesuits. I'm really excited because this is concrete testing, gathering info um, for the purpose of eventually heading to Mars. I feel like this isn't the first time that they've tried to do this, though. There is another uh, study going on concurrently, I think, in Russia. I don't remember where, but there's actually got a bunch of people basically locked into a command module for the quote-unquote trip to Mars. So there's one group who's basically getting locked in a tin can for the travel test, and then these six guys are getting locked into the on-Mars test. Are both groups part of NASA? I'm not sure. Let me check on the uh, travel test. I'm not seeing it. I wouldn't be surprised if NASA's involved if they're not um, necessarily the heads of it. I keep on trying to look for Mars and, like, locked in, and I keep on getting Bruno Mars showing up. Oh, God. Okay, so the last test, six astronauts began 520 days locked in a windowless mock spaceship. Uh, This experiment conducted by the Moscow-based Institute for Medical and Biological Problems in cooperation with the European Space Agency and Chinese Space Authorities. Okay, so the travel test was done with the European Space Agency, and now NASA is doing the planet test. Kate pointed out that the people who are locked in there are not going to be able to go to Mars. They're just the, the test guinea pigs, and that kind of sucks for them. Yeah, it makes me sad a little. Yeah, but they're also helping to build towards success for uh, a mission. So there's something to be said for that. And part of me, uh, when I read this article, starts going back to uh, reading The Martian. Your love life sent me a reminder that I need to read that. It wasn't just to you, Beth. Well, you're already reading it, or have already started reading it. I was trying to keep that secret. Oh, never mind. I was trying to keep it safe. Have you uh, read The Martian, Andy? Uh, I have read The Martian because Kate was reading it and uh, kept on laughing hysterically during it. And I would ask what? And she's like, are you planning on reading this? And I'm like, yes, I'm planning on reading this. Once you're done, she's like, well, I have to return it on Monday. I'm like, well, I'll just put a hold on it. And she said, screw this. I'm buying you the book. So she uh, bought the Kindle version. And so I started reading as well. That's awesome. By the way, I'm just now looking at the an image of the uh, Mars guinea pig uh, travel uh, folks. And I'm pretty sure that there's a rock band drum kit, which makes me smile. Hey, why not? Where? I don't see it in the picture. Are you looking at the one where... Uh, let me link it to you. Okay. Oh, that's a different picture than I was looking at. But yeah, over in the lower left-hand corner. I want to play along. 
There you go, Andy. Oh, sorry. Wait, where'd you, where'd you send it? To you. Oh, there it is. Wow, that was a bit of a delay to get that thing sent over. Oh, that is a rock band kit. Wow, okay, so those are the, the guys tracked in the 520-day study. All right. Is that rock band, or is that or is that uh, Guitar Hero, whatever that was? Does it really make a difference? No, no, it doesn't. You're right. So I actually, I had heard briefly, and I don't remember where, about the hacking of baby monitors, and it just slid right through my consciousness. But when I was reading the article, I was appalled. I had no idea that people were screaming at babies and children, and that's terrifying and terrible. People are terrible. And even more terrible... Yes, people... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just agreeing that, yes, people are terrible. Please continue. Well, and just an even more terrible, none of the companies... Well, one of the companies it did at least a little bit of work, but there are many that are not actually working to secure the vulnerabilities. That's crazy. Yeah, that's what it, it was so ridiculous, is the fact that they had basically found these problems and told all the companies like, hey, you got a problem. You got this issue. You got that issue. And basically it was Phillips was the only one who actually really responded and said, okay, let's fix this. Well, I mean, with instances, you have the whole um, thing that's highlighted in Fight Club where they don't do a recall unless there's X number of accidents that are going to happen that'll cost this much in settlement money compared to how much money it's going to cost to fix. So there's there's totally that cost-benefit analysis that's done on all of these things. But that's the part of the problem that I always see with these things where people are like, oh, here's a hack, but don't worry, we've alerted the authorities. Well, now the the company actually, you know, has to do something with it because if the company doesn't do anything with it, then... Oh, no, you just told everybody else how to do, how to basically break it. Well, so it's kind of twofold. I'm sure when they say that they've contacted the authorities, they've contacted the companies and given the companies a heads up. If the company doesn't fix it, though, the only way to ensure that everybody knows about it is to release it. Um, If you don't release it and just kind of keep it, it's very likely that some hackers and other groups of people have already found this vulnerability and are exploiting it currently. So by bringing it to light, you kind of kick them in the pants to get them to do something about it. No, you have an excellent point on that one where it's the fact that, yeah, if they're not going to deal with it, all right, we'll throw it out to the wolves and then hopefully they will do something with it. Because the wolves are already eating. They're just eating in silence. And all I know is the fact that I'm probably in the future, if I ever need a baby monitor, I will probably go with the Philips brand. Definitely. Part I... You guys might have already recognized this, but the article also talks about the fact it's not just the audio that can be hacked. A lot of these have camera components, too, that can be hacked as well. Yeah, that's also creepy. Right. Oh, public companies always out for their best interest. Yep. Speaking of companies and possibly getting a little bit of a slap, um, the... FTC and Machinima. You said it right the first time. Excellent. Um, I was, I, I was just amused and kind of jadedly not even surprised that it was basically a wrist slap. I can't believe that there were like it was basically a don't do it again. If you do it again, we'll fine you. So, um, so go ahead, Andy. Well, I was going to say. So what had happened is the fact that Microsoft had paid a marketing firm, uh, Starcom Media Vest Group Incorporated, wonderful, very descriptive name, uh, money for them to basically contact YouTube stars and paid them to produce videos that feature the Xbox One. And uh, in specifically in the complaint, it was. One of the ones pointed out was um, two YouTube channels, Sky versus Gaming and The Syndicate Project, were paid uh, $15,000 and $30,000 to feature a video of the Xbox One launch title, Rise, Son of Rome, in a way that showcased Microsoft in a positive light. So Machinima is a company that basically owns a YouTube channel that pays a whole bunch of different YouTube YouTube broadcasters uh, small amounts of money uh, to produce videos that they upload to their network. Um, and so the biggest problem here was the fact that they were paying people to produce videos that are positive for Microsoft and did not disclose this to the public. So the FTC was like, uh, this is not cool. You need to disclose this in the future, um, and we will audit you whenever we want to make sure that you will be doing this in the future. But still, the 
I still can't believe nobody got really fined about this. It was really uh, the machinima said, "All right, so yeah, no, we'll we'll make sure that people disclose this in the future, and we won't do it again." But this was previously okay. So that people were paid fifteen thousand and thirty thousand dollars to make these videos. There were three hundred videos in all that were uploaded in this suit, generating who knows more than okay more than three hundred million views. And the, the only thing FTC said is, no, don't do this again. Bad dog, no. I feel like this is just setting a precedent for other companies to go, well, all we got to do is just go, oops, our bad, and not do it again. But until we get caught, we could keep doing this. So this, go ahead, hon. I wonder who the fine would have come down on. Like, I wouldn't want it to be hitting the YouTubers themselves necessarily, because I don't think they would have known. I'm not sure, but they might not have known the legality of it, whereas I kind of feel like Machinima would have known and should be the one making sure that the uh, legal stuff is taken care of. So the, that's part of the point that I was hoping to make, is that if the FTC did start finding people for this, they're going to have to find so many people people that probably didn't make that much money off of it so that it would be a detriment to video creators because we're talking probably a couple hundred people here that created videos that were involved in this entire thing um what? there were two big ones that got paid the most but they were paid based off of the number of hits that they got so the other people who didn't who made videos but didn't have that many hits would still be facing the same fines and the second thing is, this is the first time the FTC has addressed YouTube as being a platform large enough to be under the FTC in, in a way that advertising on it is can be a deceptive practice. I'm sure there's plenty of other websites out there that might have this kind of shenanigans going on, but the FTC doesn't look at those because they're not big enough. Well, yeah, if you think about it, so there's there's basically four major parties in this. You have all the people at Microsoft who said, hey, we should do something about this. So then they contacted the media, the marketing firm. So you'd have all the people at the marketing firm who were working on Microsoft's behalf. And then they contact all the people at Machinima and say, hey, can we do something with this? If we give you money, can you do this? And Machinima's like, all right, yeah, we can do this. We'll pay We'll pay these guys this amount of money. We'll pay other people $1 for every 1,000 views. And then you have the actual people who did it without actually disclosing, hey, that this is basically paid advertisement. So yeah, no, <laughs> this would be almost like a RICO case for the amount of people in here who are all just doing so many things. And most people, I don't know how many people would actually would know that, hey, this is illegal. We need to not do it this way. So I remember about time when the Xbox came out and this, this issue was starting to be brought to light. I seem to remember an ad that Machinima actually broadcasted to everybody saying that we will pay you for a favorable response. But I can't find that right now and I'll keep looking. But I don't feel like it was behind, like, it wasn't a threat. I feel like they did this to everybody so that they could get more people on board. So this wasn't kind of behind the scenes sort of thing, but this was out in the open and that's probably what got the FTC's uh, eyes on it. That's my thought, but I have to see if I can find that ad and see if there's context with that ad because I'm just going by my memory and that's obviously faulty very often. While he's doing that, we can talk about the last few topics here. Um, Harmonix is joining up with Fig. So we talked about this in the past. Fig is the the basically like a Kickstarter, but you can also invest in the company and get a percentage of the sales of the game as an actual investor rather than just you know a crowdsource investing so harmonix is now teaming up with them and they have also added to the uh board for fig as well yeah harmonix chief creative officer has joined the advisory board for fig as well so it seems fig is actually uh becoming a big thing now so i did see the the picture but it looks like it was um only sent to machinima partners um and it got leaked so maybe it's more shady than uh, i thought it was when in doubt it's shady but regarding fig um it being a specialized version of kickstarter i don't see this being a problem no i find it's actually neat especially since um harmonics is a good game company they haven't really done anything bad so if we can you know keep them going more power to them i feel like they've done a pretty good job of trying to be on their 
customer side as well, as opposed to like EA, who's more into it for the profits. Very true. Speaking of video games, it looks like Mega Man is going to be a movie. Yes, Mega Man and 20th Century Fox are supposedly uh, gotten the green light to make a Mega Man movie. I kind of hope it's an animated movie as opposed to a live action one. Well... The guys who are supposedly attached to it were the ones who did the Planets of the Apes film, so it's probably going to be live action. I mean, a live action one could be done right. It's just I have a feeling this is going to venture out as an evil territory. Maybe not even that. Maybe more like Super Mario Brothers. Oh God, no! Resident Evil. Okay, Super Mario Brothers. No. No, no, no. I mean, Resident Evil wasn't an awful series as far as translations from video games to movies go. Um, but it still wasn't as great as it could have been. It got very campy very quick. But yeah, no. Mega Man movie. I, God, I, I, I'm trying to think of the last decent video game movie that came out, and I can't really think of one. I thought Silent Hills was pretty good. I have not seen those. It was terrifying, but it was good. I mean, it, it, it was, it's a horror game translated to a horror movie. I think it's probably the best translation we've had so far. Yeah. Horror Croft movies weren't awful. True. Yeah, I thought those were pretty good. I think the Halo movies or the Halo TV stuff was pretty good, too. I'll be interested to see how Ratchet & Clank does, because that looks like it could be amazing. Oh, man, I loved Ratchet & Clank. That was so much fun with, like, the chicken gun and the rhino and all the... Oh, it was just so much fun. And I'm not sure about the uh, new Hitman movie that just came out. That might be okay. Uh, from what I've heard, it's not. Okay. <laughs> the original Hitman wasn't awful. The one in 2007. True. No, that was true. But yes, most of the time the movies are atrocious. But there are a lot of movies that are going to be coming out that are video game related, according to the Wikipedia article. Okay, I can think of the best, best movies out there that have been video game movies. It's definitely the Pokemon movies or Street Fighter 2, the animated movie. You know, the animes of it. Oh, and Final Fantasy 7 Advent Children was awesome, too. Sorry, got uh, into a rabbit hole. Brian, get off of Wikipedia. We need to finish this up. I think we have just one more topic, which has to do with the Think Geek yes, store. Yes, th- there's going to be an actual yeah. physical Think Geek store down in Florida. I'm excited by this. Disappointed that it's down in Florida and therefore far away, but it's cool that they're actually progressing to brick and mortar. I think I'd prefer to see it over a hot topic, to be honest. Oh yeah, no, this is this would be like the, yes, yes, I agree. And think of if GameStop ever needs to close a store, hey, let's throw a Think Geek in there, see what happens. Because you've got, you've got GameStop's infrastructure already in place, so you just put the Think Geek widgets in there instead of video games, and it's this, this will work. I do believe this will actually work. I do too. Because it would be nice, because sometimes I look on Think Geek, and I'll that'd be nice but i would actually like to see it first before i grab it i remember there's like there's one where it's like thor's hammer people are like oh this is great and then you look at or people people think oh this is great but then in the comments they're like yeah the thing is so tiny i I know the size is not right yeah i mean pictures don't typically do uh things justice as well as if you could walk into a store and be like yeah that's exactly what i want like i said when kate was getting her kindle she's like i want to actually look at it i'm like all right let's go to best buy i know they have kindles out on display so we can actually pick one up and hold it and actually look at it and see what the screen looks like with our own eyes It's, it's just sometimes you just need that physical touch Kate's saying that there's an innuendo in that one, but I was not planning on the innuendo. I think Beth picked up on it. Yeah, I was smirking over here, but I was going to not say anything. So, random review? Since you two are here, um, and you have also started playing Fallout Shelter, I kind of want to get your views on this, because sometimes Dave and I are in our own little bubble, and neither one of us could figure out if Fallout Shelter was... What, like, what's the point of this game? So I'm trying to get outside. You guys have played this, right? Yes. What are your thoughts on it? Ladies first. So I was driving home from the wedding shower yesterday and got at a red light and looked over at my phone and was like, I have enough time to go in and just click on all the items so that I can collect stuff, right? Right? No, this is bad. Don't. So I barely managed to not pick up the phone and start playing at the red light. So I have found myself definitely sucked into it. Um, There are times when I get really frustrated by the fact that I have to go in and manually harvest all of the production stuff. Um, There are some things... Oh, go ahead. Ah, but you don't. If you pay just a little money, you could have a Mr. Handyman, and he will go around and collect everything on that well. I feel so guilty that I used some of my... um, Google survey credits to buy lunchboxes. Yes, I know. I did. I did. 
but I'm enjoying the game. It does move slowly, and I think I will probably be done with it in another couple of days. I played it for a good solid two or three weeks um, and got to the point where everything was basically stable. I was more or less waiting for more people to come and I just kind of lost my interest. Um, overall, it's, it's a good game. I wish there was a little bit more depth to it so that I could continue to play it for a little bit longer. Um, but there are definite issues with it. In particular, it's it's kind of slow. It's got a lot of the free-to-play tropes associated with it of kind of having to wait um but beyond that it, it was a good game for a free game there were some items that i found problematic i've told brian this i get frustrated that the pregnant women run as if like their primary purpose is to always keep their baby safe um in real life i would imagine that it would be better some kind of percentage where a pregnant lady will either stay and fight the raiders or the cockroaches or fight the fires, or there would be some that run. And I think that that should be across all of your people, not just the pregnant ladies. Um, oh, and also, I'm super pissed off that there are some people whose only special is charisma, as if, like, ah, they just drive me crazy. Well, you put those people into the radio station once you get that, and then you get more and more people coming. Right, I have done so, but I've got more people with um, charisma than I need in the radio station. And really, the only other use for somebody with high charisma is to go make babies. And I kind of <laughs> I feel bad <laughs> when somebody is trying to get unhappy because I'm not using them in the best place and only high score is charisma. Like I feel like they're saying to you, I should be making babies. Why aren't you using me the right way? I deserve to go make babies. No, you don't, you sexist pig. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of... I have, I, I think, about eight charisma people just chilling in some of my uh, storage areas just because I'm like, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm not putting you in the barracks because if you do, the only thing you're going to do is have sex. No, I'm, I don't have room for this. There was one of my vaults where I didn't realize that I had gotten every single woman in the vault pregnant, but none of them had kids because there was no extra space. So when I built extra space, all of a sudden I had like kids everywhere and they ate all my food. And then everybody starved, <laughs> and then people died. Oh, no. Those damn kids. So, yeah. Well, really, it started with their parents. So, yeah. So, there's there's a bug there that women will stay pregnant until there's room for the kid, and then they will have the kid, and then all of a sudden, you'll be flooded with kids. I'm not sure that's a bug. I don't know exactly how you will to really work around that otherwise. I think it's just a logical flaw. Like, the fact that, um, like, how would you handle it? I, from a programming standpoint, I, I don't even envision, like, that's the best way is that they just stay pregnant. I, I have no idea, but it was one of those things where I suddenly realized, like, wait a second, everybody's pregnant. All right, well, I better I better start building barracks, and all of a sudden, like, kids are just popping left and right. I'm like, oh, crap, and then my food supply just went down, and everybody was unhappy and starved, and it was, it was just pure chaos. You're a bad vault master. Oh, you have no idea. I have killed so many vaults. It is ridiculous. <laughs> I, it's not a perfect solution, but, um, like, in real life, women don't wait to have babies, you know, so I'm wondering if the um, pregnant ladies had babies and so you have kids and they're still, um, what's the word, using some of your resources, but maybe not in full. So regarding the fact that the pregnant ladies run away, um, I kind of view it as a strategy uh, kind of thing, trying to get it so that you don't just get everybody pregnant all the time. You kind of have to think, well, if I have them all pregnant, then the downside would be as soon as there's an incident, all of them are going to run away. So it's kind of more of a balancing mechanism to make it so that you don't just say, let's get everybody pregnant all the time. And then whenever I want to increase my population, I'll just add barrackses. Since they're all pregnant, they'll just pop. Like, I kind of view it as a balancing issue, but I can totally see the, the um, social commentary side that you're bringing to it. I do have to say, though, that this game, in order to play it correctly, you have to play it slow. Because every time I tried to play it fast, things died and burned and radiated to death. So you have to play it slow. The only problem is when you play it slow, as you guys have said, it you just get bored. Yeah. I have stopped myself from actually making some charts about who I have pregnant and who I want to start trying to breed and where the best... Like, I could get really into this game and I need to not. 
but I feel I don't know if that's because it's slow enough that it would allow me to actually do that um, or <laughs> if that's just my personality. Brian's pointing at me and saying that it's just me. Okay, never mind. All in all, I think the fact that we can have this long of a conversation on the game means you should probably try to check it out because it's free. Yes, yeah, we pointed out last time, it is a free game, so you, the only thing you're burning is your time. So the question is, how much is your time worth to you? Do you guys have conversations? Well, not conversations. Do you talk to your dweller? No. No, I don't talk to my dwellers. Most of the time, I just like, why? Okay, just do your thing, and then I just, yeah, no, I don't talk to them. I just waiting for to get a gun and a we- and an outfit, and I put a gun and outfit on them, and I just work my way down the list. Yeah, I, it's very funny because with Beth, she totally personifies her characters. And one of the characters shares a name with our friend Zach. So she's always saying, Zachary, why are you doing this? And I'm like, who are you talking to? Are you actually talking to Zach? Oh, Nicholas Hall is a jerk face. Like, he's just got this smug, he's a jerk. That's the one that is trying to have all the babies. Ah, okay. So yeah, uh, I've enjoyed it. It's not going to keep my attention for forever. Because it is slow. Yeah, like I, I, I've got it going right now. I've got a vault that's actually surviving, but it's like, what? Do I just do the daily quests every once in a while to get more caps to try? I, it's just, it's very okay. It's surviving. Now what? Yeah. I feel like I would do bad with something like an ant farm sort of thing there. It's like, okay, well, the ants are alive still, so okay. Kate did point out that we actually had sea monkeys for a while, so. I'm amused that in some way we're trying, the game expects us to try to control um, population growth, which is to say trying to control the sexy times for the dweller. You know, in real life, that doesn't no, really no, that happen. No, that doesn't happen at all. So should we hit the uh, random topic since I think we basically like Fallout Shelter? Eh. I think so. All right, random topic, rolled ahead of time. This is a Hans one. How much beer will it take to get Andy to re-roof David's house? So clarification here, is Dave in need of re-roof? In this scenario, yes. Uh, yes, this is... I'm assuming. This is stemming from the earlier random topic, which was something about uh, Russell Crowe, I'm a little teapot, somehow I'm on Dave's roof. It was a very strange... Strange, strange. It wasn't even a question. Uh, so somehow this, I guess, stems from that one. But how much beer will it take me to re-roof Dave's house? Uh, well, since I don't drink beer, um, I would have to somehow turn it into some sort of currency that I would be able to spend on other people to get them to actually re-roof the house or for equipment. Oh, I just had an interesting idea. You could use that question and you could answer how many cans of beer does it take to re-roof someone's house, as in like using the cans as the material. I was thinking of the fact that uh, Dave lives in Madison, which or outside of Madison, which is a college town. And so you can see how much beer will it take for college kids to do the work for me? That, I think, is the more appropriate question. So let's try to analyze that. How many cans of beer do you think it takes for a person's summer worth of um, activity? Well, moving somebody supposedly requires a case of beer and a pizza. So moving somebody is normally what about a four to about a, about a four hour job or so for just a local yeah, move. You're not going to get you know, the pizza. So let's say that's half of it. So two hours per case. Re-roofing Dave's house will probably take at least at least a day with I'd say six to eight people working on it on top of also the supplies as well. So is that a eight hour workday or a full twenty four hour? No, it's an eight hour workday with about eight people. So that's sixty four man hours. Case of beer is two man hours. So that's thirty two cases. Thirty two cases, and then we would have to somehow uh, get the materials as well. So you'd have to find so somebody who then, would be able to accept beer as payment for roofing materials. And that one, I have no well, idea on that. We could we could say that the price of a case of beer is the equivalent of uh, that much money in dollars. So then you could use that conversion to the actual materials. What I'm in my head thinking is it will take probably at least two pallets, maybe three pallets, maybe even four pallets of beer in order to get the amount of labor and materials required to re-roof Dave's house, which I think at that point, that's a whole lot of beer. And I don't think that's really... You're going to lose a lot in the conversion of beer to work and materials. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is not a cost-effective way of doing that. Also, Kate pointed out the fact that all the roof 
roofers would probably be drunk. And so um, that could probably either A, lead to a bad roof or B, lead to somebody falling off the roof and suing you. You don't pay them before they start and when they're done working. Yes, but you've got literally like pallets of beer lying around. I feel like somebody is going to at some point break into their payment ahead of time. Well, then I guess you're going to have to hire some security guards to guard that and pay them a beer. I don't see any problem with this. This is the most convoluted roofing job ever now. Security guards to guard pallets of beer that you're using to trade for materials and pay your labor force. This is... I'm more interested in the thought that you'd have security guards beer that they are going to eventually drink. What's stopping them from drinking it beforehand and getting drunk? Beth, what are your thoughts on this? I have to admit, I was busy reading an article about the female bots on Ashley Madison rather than paying attention because my math skills are not that great. Um, oh, that's hilarious. I mean, I guess the question really, the question really is, Andy, is there ever a price that you would accept for roofing Dave's no. house? No, there is not. There is no price that I would use to, to re-roof Dave's house. Have you, has anybody here actually re-roofed a house besides me? No. You've re-roofed a house? I've helped re-roof a house. I know that you gotta get all the shingles up and then you gotta make sure all the plywood underneath is there and you gotta get the uh, uh, the tar paper down and then you gotta put the shingles on top of the tar mm-hmm. paper, right? Mm-hmm. And not fall off the roof. I did hear you guys say that and that's a really important part of the job. Safety is the number one rule. Well, sorry, Dave, if you're listening to this, you are not going to be able to uh, get me to re-roof your house. Too bad, so sad. Now, I would extend this to, to maybe to be to back, because I wouldn't do it either. Would, it, would you roof Dave's house for beer? Okay, so there's more to this this scenario, because there would have to be traveling there. I'd have to brush up on it, because it's been some time, and I am certainly not the handiest person. And there is no way that I'm going to be up on that roof, Dave is not up there, you know? No, very true. So, technically, if if there's going to be food and drink to keep me sustained, and it's us working together on a project in friendship, that's pretty cool. And I would, you know, schedule permitting, I would be willing to do that. But there would have to be some time built into it, and I would definitely not be taking this on at a contractor role where Dave's inside sipping on lemonade or whatever while I'm up there working my butt off. Fair enough. Well, that's a pretty much good coverage of this random topic. I don't think we can analyze it too much more. Nope. So, Brian, Beth, thank you very much for coming on and helping me out today. No problem, I hope. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting us. I hope you enjoyed that pretzel. This is a very tasty pretzel. I love how how happy and content you sound as you're nomming on it. It's like just the happiest tone. Because it's one of Benny's pretzels. This is Oh, so tasty. All right. Well, um, thank you guys for coming on. And I guess that's a wrap. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. <laughs>